This is Mo Oscar, MISNY's Senior Vice President for Advocacy. I lead a team of lobbyists fighting for you in Albany and sometimes in Washington, D.C. There was a lot happening this week in policymaking that could impact positions. I'll start in our nation's capital, where this week the U.S. Senate approved an agreement reached by Leader Schumer and Leader McConnell to prevent the 2% Medicare sequester cut that was going to go into effect on April 1st. Bipartisan legislation would provide a nine-month extension of the current moratorium, which means it will take it through to the end of the year. You may recall that last week, House of Representatives passed different legislation to stop the Medicare cut, as well as many other cuts which otherwise would have been required by what are called the PAYGO rules, to offset part of the costs of passing the American Rescue Plan or the COVID stimulus package enacted a few weeks ago. Because the Senate passed a different bill, the House will then need to pass the Senate language when they return from their Easter recess in mid-April. According to the American Medical Association, they expect the House to approve the Senate language and that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services will hold off on processing April Medicare claims until then to avoid making reduced payments. Stay tuned for further information. We very much thank Senator Schumer and Gillibrand for making this happen as well as the 25 of the 27 New York congressional delegation members who representing both parties whose support for preventing this cut in last week's House vote demonstrate that this was not just a political issue, but an issue with wide bipartisan support that had to be addressed immediately. Also this week, the New York State Senate passed legislation to repeal the COVID liability protections provided to physicians, hospitals, and other care providers enacted last spring. The same as legislation recently passed the Assembly. It will be sent to the governor for a signature, which as of this moment has not yet occurred, nor do we know yet whether the governor will sign it or veto it. Many groups, including MISNY, wrote to legislators to oppose this repeal bill, noting that regardless of the nursing home concerns that led many to question this law, these protections were and remain tremendously important for the frontline physicians and other healthcare workers still managing the significant flow of patients afflicted with COVID, as well as the fact that we are now seeing an increasing number of increasingly spread variants. MISNY also raised concerns that despite statutory construction rules, that presume legislation is to be applied prospectively in the absence of clearly defined statutory intent to the contrary, there was still a possibility that this legislation could be interpreted by a court to retroactively repeal these essential liability protections for care provided during the height of the pandemic, when there were not clear medical protocols for COVID treatment and when many non-COVID healthcare services were required to be postponed. Importantly, there were comments made by several assembly members made during the floor debate on the legislation when it was passed by the New York State Assembly that the effective date legislation, the effective date language in the legislation, means that the repeal provisions would only apply prospectively. That point was also made during the Senate floor debate. If the, all these issues were not enough, we then there's the matter of the state budget that's due next week. State budget negotiations are entering the home stretch as three-way negotiations came together after the Assembly and Senate each passed their one-house recommendations last week. 
We were generally pleased with how the Assembly and Senate addressed the many concerning proposals that were contained in the governor's proposed budget back in January. They both recommended to reject the imposition of a 50% cost share on physicians for their excess medical malpractice insurance coverage. They both also recommended the rejection of proposals to curtail due process protections for physicians when a complaint has been filed against them. And they both also recommended the rejection of an across-the-board 1% Medicaid payment cut and proposals to eliminate the ability of a physician to apply for a year-to-year -year waiver of e-prescribing requirement. There are also numerous other proposals under discussion, like proposals to expand the scope of practice of pharmacists and nurse practitioners, as well as proposals to expand coverage for telehealth services with both positive and concerning elements. It also looks like there is a legislative agreement to legalize the sale of adult use recreational marijuana, despite the objection of numerous groups across the state. Thank you to the many of you who answered our call for additional grassroots activity this week on many of these issues. There are often various ups and downs on issues during budget negotiations. Please remain on the lookout for additional grassroots requests over the next 72 to 96 hours. On the CME front, Please put on your calendar the next programs in our popular Veterans Matters and Medical Matters series. On Wednesday, April 21st at 7.30 a.m., our next Medical Matters CME program will discuss mental health of children and teens during COVID. And on Thursday, April 22nd at 7.30 a.m., our next Veterans Matters program will discuss military culture, everything physicians need to know about veterans as patients. Thank you again for listening to this podcast and for your continuing support for MISNI and your County Medical Society. For all those who celebrate, I wish you a happy Passover, and we'll speak again next week.